Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Man Insights Podcast. This episode is one that I've been talking about doing for a few months now. Yes, I've said a few months now. I was supposed to do it, I think, back in October or November. Uh, and I was going to do it last month, but then uh, all those times I changed my mind or other, other shit was going on. I don't remember. Um, but yeah, this one I'm going to be talking about uh, what I believe to be Zack Snyder's misunderstood masterpiece. And I'm, of course, talking about Sucker Punch. Yes, I said it's a masterpiece, and I am not the only one who says that it's a masterpiece, uh, because I am friends with quite a few people who believe it to be a masterpiece, one of them being the author of this book right here, The Cut, that you can buy at themidside.com slash the cut, and so yeah, it was released in 2011, and while it wasn't the first film to get some negative criticism of for Zack Snyder, it is definitely the one that kind of really kicked it into high gear with some of the criticisms that he's received in his films since then, especially. Um, and a lot of that is more... A lot of the criticisms are very superficial. And <laughs> because, you know, if you've seen the movie... You will understand what I mean when I say superficial, because they, a lot of the criticisms of this film, have almost nothing to do with the story itself, and a lot of those a lot of these criticisms are primarily about the uh, choice of clothing and attire for the women that are featured in this film, uh, and it's funny because as far as I know, none of the women who starred in this movie had any problems with the wardrobe, because uh, uh, there's you know just Emily Browning. Abby Cornish, Jenna Malone, Vanessa Hudgens, Jamie Chung, Carla Gugino, and then there's also Oscar Isaac, and John Hamm, and Scott Glenn starring in this in this movie. And, but yeah, when I, and I always remember the interview that, that I saw from Jenna Malone when they were promoting this movie that she was talking about how she loved getting to be, getting to look sexy while playing a badass character. And it's just like, yeah. That's what all of these women are. They're all, all of them, are badass characters that just happen to be dressed a little sexy. And a lot of critics decided to, again, really jump on the aspect of what they're wearing as Zack Snyder is sexist, he's misogynist, and, you know, and the one critic that I always remember, the, you know, Ashley something, that always loves to talk about Zack Snyder having a rape fetish, which I just... Do not understand where that comes from, uh, because again, I've talked about it in, on, on the Zack Snyder hate episode that I did a few weeks ago, where I, I, I mentioned it that, that at that time as well, about the, the person saying that Zack has a rape fetish, uh, even though he's only had rape in just literally two movies, based off of graphic novels, and those rapes were in the graphic novel, so can't get mad at him, get mad at the author of those books. Um... If you want to get mad at a, at a director for having a rape fetish, I would look at Rob Zombie because he kind of, lot of all, pretty much all his movies seem to have a some rape going on in, in them. So yeah, I would look at him for a rape fetish, not Zack Snyder. But yeah, the funny thing is, and and, and uh, I I believe it was on the League of Mayhem stream that Deborah Snyder was on, uh, or was it her interview on on the Lightcast podcast? It was one of those where she talked about Sucker Punch and some of the negative criticisms. I don't know, she's talked about it on other stuff, I don't, so I can't really say for sure which one it was, but she talked about, again, like how, and Zach has talked about it as well, about how 
that they don't understand where it's considered as sexist or misogynist because like the film itself is like a commentary on you know the way some way a lot of women are treated in Hollywood and like one of the things that, that Zack Snyder one of the analogies Zack Snyder used and I saw, I think it was actually had a screening of a sucker punch um, years ago that he said like that for a lot of that for a lot of women in Hollywood it's like it's essentially like like working in a brothel or something like that I'm paraphrasing I can't remember exactly what he said but he did, he mentioned basically, it was basically he brought up like working in a brothel because of some of the things that women have had to do to advance their careers you know as whether they liked doing it or not you know that part that part is relevant but it's and what and you know I wish I was collaborating with Justin on this one because he 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 does a much better job of 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 breaking this film down than I could but um that he the way he describes it like that it's it takes on masculinity and toxic masculinity uh I think he used the, he used the term toxic masculinity but like because really not the thing is like they can't they can't say that this movie is sexist in in any way in my opinion at least because when you look at the film and they want to talk about like oh like the women you know he's having all these women do this and stuff like when when baby doll starts you know is about to do her dancing in this in in the movie during the scene, these scenes well she's about to do it we never actually see her dancing when she's when the dancing is about to start we're transferred into these wor- these fantasy worlds uh which very much is very much like a video game which that's one of the things i think zach or deborah or both that they use that that comparison where they are immediately they, they are transported we see them in this fantasy world where they are badasses and they're chopping shit up with swords and guns and just fucking shit up and again they just happen to be wearing certain outfits but they are kicking ass and you know you know is aren't these critics always talking about we need some you know we need strong independent female empowerment kind of shit you get that with this film they're strong they're they're empowered they're badass they're kicking ass they just happen to be wearing certain outfits and and like and I've and I've and I think actually I had that conversation with um my friend Seek on his podcast last summer about this, that how he said that the you know that the film uses violence as a metaphor for sex and yeah yeah I can I and I understand you know that comparison because it's like again when her when she starts hurt when Baby Doll starts to dance we don't we never we never actually see the dancing not once in this film we never see her dancing. It's just as soon as the dancing starts, it, we are trans, we as an audience are transported into this world, uh, this fantasy world where she has to obtain these items in order to, you know, for the girls to escape from there. And then, once the the dancing is done, they're tra- they're we're transported back to there and to their world, and you know everyone is like, oh my god, that was amazing, blah blah blah, and we see Blue played by Oscar Isaac, um, how he's just mesmerized by this you know by her and it's just like like you know like how can this how can this film could be misogynist and sexist when we don't actually see any of any of what would be considered sexist or misogynist you know you know and then the, with the extended cut uh we see a lot more of the scenes that where the story is a lot more fleshed out obviously 
you know, because you know, with Zach, when they when they like to when they cut down his films, you miss out on, on a lot of key important story beats and details, where you know certain things might not make sense when you watch the theatrical version, then you watch the extended versions or the director's cuts. Stories make a lot more sense because you flesh them out. And that's one of the things, that's one of the other reasons I love Zack Snyder's music because he likes to take his time telling the story because he wants the story to make sense. He doesn't want it to just be condensed into, you know, all right, hit this beat, hit this beat, hit this beat, hit this beat, and then we go home. Like, no. Like, we get to here and we need to understand why we get there. Now we move on to this point, understand why we are there, move here, understand why we are there, and so on. You know, because that's the thing. He, he, he likes to explore the why of it. And I love that. Um, yeah, can you tell that I'm a Zack Snyder fan? I mean, I, I feel like I'm not clear enough about that. I mean, you know, is, is owning all of his movies, you know, not enough? You're owning this fan fiction version of his story, you know, not enough? You know, me, you know, owning this, you know, release Snyder Cut book is not enough? The This clipboard with a picture of Zack Snyder's Justice League on there? I don't know. Like, is, is it not obvious enough that I'm a Zack Snyder fan? You know, is, is that Man of Steel poster not obvious enough? The Justice Con badge hanging on my wall, not obvious enough, and yeah, I feel like I'm in. A, I feel like I'm. I sound like an asshole right now, just going on and on like this, but I don't give a fuck at this point. Um, uh, and if y'all checked out my previous episode talking about my mental health, you'll understand why I'm in a kind of a don't give a fuck my state of mind at this moment. Um, but that's not important right now. We're talking about Sucker Punch. Um, but yeah, it is. I I it is a. I don't know where exactly I would rank it as far as my favorite Zack Snyder movies because, as I've said, un, at least until Zack Snyder's Justice League comes out, Man of Steel is my number one. Sucker Punch is in the top five. I don't know for sure exactly where I would place it. So, but yeah, no, Man of Steel is still number one for me. But Sucker Punch is very close to to there. Um, and just and and things like the movie itself, like. There's a lot. He, Zack Snyder has always picked a lot of great actors in his in his movies, but you know this cast is a, is a great cast. I mean, Emily Browning perform, uh, gives a great performance as Baby Doll, and and her her musical contributions to the soundtrack as well. I really enjoy her like her her rendition of "Sweet Dreams Are Made of This" is is wonderful, um, and then uh, something like "Sing Me to Sleep" I think is the other one. Is a very is another very beautiful song. I mean, the whole soundtrack is great as well. I mean, well, you know, my favorite one of my favorite tracks is um, "Love Is the Drug," as performed by Oscar Isaac and Carla Gugino. Uh, which that the that the scene where they perform that song is only in the extended cut of the film, uh, and that's also partly why I have this. I got this kind of microphone because Blue, you know, which is the name of Oscar Isaac's character. That's this is the kind of that's the style of microphone he uses. Um, yeah. And also because of Mr. Kennedy or Mr. Anderson, Ken Kennedy, Ken Anderson, professional wrestler, uh, which autographed action figure right there. You, well, you can't see it. Uh, uh, well, I mean, if you saw my wrestler autographs video on the channel, you already saw that. But anyways, because um, uh, the whole the, for the whole because the way and because there there is um there is a director's cut of this out there that's just waiting to get the green light to, you know, for Zach to, you know, finish whatever might need to be finished and then release it, because this film essentially is a musical, you know, because there's a, there's a different ending, a different extended ending with, like, an extra number, 
um, for the, um, I think the word it's like it's the entire cast is, sings, but I, I'm not really sure. I have to, I have to really, I have to reread all that information when I first looked it up a while back. But yeah, this there's still a even though there's the extended cut, there's still a director's cut waiting to be released. Um, I don't know how complete it is. I don't know if it's a, I don't know if it's like a Justice League situation. Um, but yeah, of course, I would love to see the full version of this film. Um, but it, the whole story, it is a very beautifully told story. I'll read the, the, the description on the back of this Blu-ray. Uh, actually, no, it doesn't really have much of a description. Uh, oh, yeah, it's a very tiny little one right there on the bottom. It says, in this epic action fantasy, Baby Doll, locked away against her will, must band together with four fellow prisoners and use imagination and dreams to escape her dark reality. And it is quite a dark reality because the film, uh, and it's, you know, and if you haven't seen the film before, you know, and you're watching this or listening to this, and you want to watch the film, uh, you can pause this and check it out. It's not that long of a movie. It's one of Zack's shorter films. I mean, the Legends of the Guardians Isles of Gahul is still his shortest film. That one is like an hour and a half. Where Sucker Punch, ah, excuse me, is just over, just about, to, well, the extended cut is just over two hours. And the theatrical cut is just under at two hours. At 110 minutes, and the extended cut is 127. Um... So, but yeah, the film opens up with uh, a sister accidentally being murdered, uh, and it is uh, implied that she's being, uh, you know, physically abused and possibly sexually abused. So, baby doll, uh, trying to defend her, tries to shoot. I'm assuming her is her father. At least that's how it's it's depicted. I have to. It's been a little bit since I watched it, so I have to rewatch it again. Um, and the sister dies, and she's blamed for that. And then she's committed, and that's where we enter the fantasy version of the story, um, where like it's like a decrepit, you know, asylum, and. You know, very run down and has that, you know, that classic Zack Snyder color palette and color grading. And, and then uh, just like that, we're in the fantasy before the fantasy version of the story where, you know, they are dancers at a club rather than inmates of an asylum. And we see what we see on the stage is basically a, an, a staged version of what we see, see in the opening credits of the movie. Which is funny, and also because the movie opens up with a curtain opening, basically letting you know if you're, you know, you're using your brain and you're actually paying attention, that what you're watching is not meant to be reality. It's all fantasy, regardless of which version of the fantasy that you're in. And... But, you know, I guess people don't like to pay attention to, to the details. They just want everything to be spoon fed to them. They don't want, they don't like to think. They don't want to, they don't like to see what's going on and think for themselves. They want to be spoon fed everything. Um, you know, and that's one of the criticisms a lot of some fans, some people might have about the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the MCU. And as much as I love the MCU, I can agree that yeah, to an extent they, they really like to spoon feed you everything. 
Uh, although with the WandaVision finale, there were quite a few things that uh, still need some ex- explaining, and I look forward to where this progresses. But that's a whole other thing. Maybe I'll talk about it on my live stream. I'm doing this coming Saturday on the 13th. Um, but yeah, uh, it's it's all the whole. It, the story is a fantasy, and you know, and again, it and it is not, you know, like I said, celebrating bu- celebrating abuse on women, or celebrating rape or any of that stuff. It's celebra- celebrating and empowering these women, and like one of the things that I didn't think about until Justin pointed it out, and uh, Zach even com- kind of confirmed it himself, uh, like how. Like the phallic, Im- the phallic imagery, th- spread throughout the movie, um, is very much an intentional thing. Like certain, you know, objects or animals or structures that look phallic, and if you don't know what phallic means, Google is your friend. And um, and then these women destroying those phallic imageries and symbols and creatures. Again, that's you know, showing empowering to these women, which I don't understand how these critics can spin it as they're exploiting, they're exploiting these women, they're sexualizing these women. Well, how do you know these women didn't want to sexualize themselves like that? How do you know that they, they weren't the ones that said, I want to wear this, this outfit for this movie. I want to wear this particular outfit for this scene. Uh, like, or can, Hey, can I wear this for this part? Because Zach has a very collaborative team effort on his sets. That's, you know, and I, I, and I don't personally know him, but it's it's common knowledge at this point. Everybody has been very vocal about how Zack Snyder is on his sets. Where, if his actors have a suggestion, he lets them voice their their suggestion, and if he likes it, they use it. And most of the time, they do. So, you know, how do we know that the actresses didn't want didn't decide, like like Baby Doll wearing the her little you know schoolgirl sailor outfit that she was wearing. How do we know that she wasn't the one that suggested it? You know, and I believe even the costume designer was a woman, so they can't really, you know, blame men for that. As well, let me see if they, they listed it on here. Uh, see, music. Uh, oh, Michael Wilkinson designed by. Well, Michael Wilkinson, he's kind of a legend anyway. So, yeah, but again, because Der- Deborah Snyder's ex-wife is a producer on all of these movies with him, so. She kind of keeps him in check when it comes to that stuff, and she is very much, she, especially is very helpful with the stuff that with regard to the women that's on that are on her sets and on their sets rather, and in in their movies, so, you know. Ah, I, I just I don't understand how. Like if if people would just, stop, looking at the movie on the surface and, start paying attention to the details and stuff that this, what is actually being told in the story that they would finally open their eyes and realize that this film that the film is not as superficial as they perceive it to be because they're again they're they're judging it by the visual not the the elements which i don't know if that makes any sense but that's just that's what i'm going with it's because yes i know zach is a very visual storyteller but with Sucker Punch, yes, the visuals are amazing. All I mean, Zach is a, is a phenomenally visual director. His visuals are second to none. Um, but also, it tells a great story. And this this was and this was in, in, in Jack Zack Snyder. I almost said Jack Snyder. Zack Snyder's first original work because everything he had done prior and 
after has been adaptations of previous work. Like Dawn of the Dead was a remake of the George A. Romero film. And then 300 Watchmen were adaptations of graphic novels. Legends of the Guardians was an adaptation of a children's book. And then Man of Steel, Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of Justice, and Justice League are adaptations of DC Comics stories. So Sucker Punch was Zack Snyder's first original story. First original, you know, product. And then Army of the Dead is his, Army of the Dead is his next original product. Snow Senior Hand was also an original Zack Snyder story. You know, so out of his, whole, his entire filmography, three original stories, two of them are feature films. You know, and Sucker Punch was his first original story. And all the women that worked on this film, if you want to say Zack Snyder exploited them, they are all very proud to have worked with him. And I think even Emily Browning was the one that said that she would, she would be happy to mop the floors if it for Zach, if it, if she got if it meant that she got to work with him again, and I, again I believe it was her who said it, and even though like a lot of these a lot of these actresses have worked with him more than once, like 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 Jenna Malone, worked with him in Batman vs Superman, um as as Janet Clyborn, and then I think she's even working with him on the animated Army of the Dead s- prequel or spinoff, um. And Abby Cornish, I think she she did she did voice work for Legends of the Guardians, Owls of Gahul, and of course Carla Gugino, did, was in, was in uh, Watchmen. She's here in Sucker Punch. She voiced the the Kryptonian scout ship uh, or Kryptonian AI in Man of Steel and Batman vs Superman. And I wonder if she'll be a part of Justice League as well. That'll be fun. Uh, but yeah, she's proud to. She's a proud Zack Snyder fan and friend as well. Uh, and I remember one of the, I think it was one of the League of Mayhem shows, where Zack said that uh, Carla Gugino, in his, uh, that he had her in mind as Catwoman for, for his Batman story, which that would have been just fucking phenomenal. Whew. Anyways, um, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just like I said, if people would just stop judging the film on just the visual aspect of it and actually paid attention to the story itself maybe they they would open up their mind a little bit i'm hope i'm hope i'm being a little hopeful for that um and but you know i'm asking too a little too much from some people these days because some people uh the way some of these critics you know the 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 checkmark twitter profile bloggers the way some of them like to be with regard to zach Snyder, they get a little too stupid when it comes to their criticisms of him, because they, oh, I don't know, for these, these film critics, they're not, they're not, they don't criticize the films for the films anymore. They criticize the films based on their personal feelings on the directors now, or the personal feelings on some of the actors, and that is why I don't. That's why I tell people don't listen to the critics because critics are full of shit these days. Um, you know, I guess te- technically I'm a critic, but I'm not a paid critic, so my opinion is just as means just as much as the ones who get paid. Um, but yeah, Zack Snyder, uh, his Sucker Punch is a masterpiece, and under a misunderstood masterpiece, an underrated masterpiece, although it's not underrated amongst fans. Um, so, uh, and that's the other thing, and, I, and I've talked about it, and even Deborah Snyder pointed out, a lot of women loved Sucker Punch. And I remember when Sucker Punch came out, one of my former friends now, would rave to me about it, and she about how much she loved the movie, 
and how she was gonna cosplay as one of the characters. I couldn't remember. I don't know. If she, I don't know if she, if she was gonna be Blondie, um, or Baby Doll, uh, Rocket. Or, I don't know. I don't remember which one. Uh, but yeah, a lot of women love this movie. So I don't know. What does that say about people who hate the movie? Um, uh, yeah. Um, I hope anything that I said on this made sense. And if it did not, I'm sorry. Um. Recording all of this, that's, let me see, it's 1.47 a.m., and, oh, my screen is frozen. I hope that's not going to fuck up the upload for this, because I've had some issues with that. All right, the, it's not frozen now. But, yeah, thank you all so much for watching and listening and subscribing. If you are, and if you haven't subscribed, please do so. YouTube, Spotify, Google Podcasts, CastBox, Radio Public, Breaker, Anchor, all the direct links are in the description of this episode. Um, donate to the Auto Center Tribute Fund through AFSP, American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. The link is right at the top of the description, as it always will be. And also, you can contribute to my Patreon, $1 a month, if you be so kind, even though nobody is being kind to my Patreon. Um, or you can also support me by buying a shirt in my podcast store. Um, both of those links will be in the description as well and uh, you can also reach out to me on my social media Twitter, Instagram, Fero, Facebook Snapchat, my wrestling page that's on, on Facebook is in the description as well and if you would like to be friends with me on my personal Facebook page just let me know and I will take it into consideration um, and uh, yeah, check out my previous podcast and videos that I've done and yeah, thank you all so much for watching, for listening, for subscribing. I truly and genuinely love and appreciate every single one of you who do. Um, and I hope you all are doing well, staying safe, staying healthy, taking care of yourselves and your loved ones. And that you're all having a uh, wonderful week so far. And yeah. I was going to say something, but now I don't know. But um, this has been the Mendetides Podcast. I am Julian, and I will see all of you on my live stream this Saturday as we count down to Zack Snyder's Justice League. Bye-bye.